I've always said to people that um, we we should have been breaking up right when we were getting married. Do you remember anything like asshole I did? Like, what was the worst thing I did in our relationship? <laughs> I don't think I want to say. Okay, don't say it. Thank you. <laughs> Is it that bad? <laughs> My name is Andy Horning, and this is Elephant Talk. It's a show about all things relationship. The soulful, the silly, the stormy, and the sexy. Today, episode 34, season two, we get a little more personal. I have been inspired and motivated throughout this Elephant Talk podcast production by the couples and how they've come into the studio here and out on the road and in various cities throughout the country and been so vulnerable, so real with their stories, with their foibles, with their struggles, their successes. And so I thought it's time for you, Andy, to also do the same. and. One of the things I did um, a couple months ago was to sit down with my ex-wife, Carol. And Carol still lives in Boulder, as do I. And the two of us recorded this session as a way of, you know, being real. This is uh, something that happened in my life. I value transparency. I value speaking the whole truth. And so to that end, I bring you this conversation with Carol, my ex-wife, as we dissect and talk about what happened in our first marriage. So here's a question I have, like, why do you think we got married? (laughs) We loved each other. And I think we loved the idea of marriage and it seemed like the right time. I was 29, you were 31, mm-hmm. I think. We were living together. It just it felt like we were on that path from early on. My brother Joe got married two years before. Yeah. My other brother yeah. John got married John a and year Terry before. The year before yeah. And it was like, I guess we're next. I know. It just seemed like that was the progression. And with my conservative parents, you know, the fact that we moved in together. Remember oh. how my mom cried and. When we called to tell her that we were moving in together, she said, oh, this cheapens you, Carol. (gasps) No way. Yes, she did. Oh, my God. And then my dad, who's far more conservative and fundamentalist Christian, my dad is always the one when it comes to me personally, where he loves me and is just like, you know. You can do no wrong. Yeah, just loving and supportive. That set us on that track that we couldn't really get off of. Because I remember fighting after we got engaged. Brutally. Yeah, and wondering, like, uh uh-oh. But somehow the train had left that station. Exactly. we were way down those tracks. Yep. I mean, I've always said to people that um, we... We should have been breaking up right when we were getting married. Yeah. But neither of us is willing to stop it. I know. And partly Isn't that because weird that we were more willing to 
be open to the possibility of divorce after marriage than to st than to break up prior to marriage. We didn't even talk about breaking up. There was that one time I took my ring off and I was like, I don't know, I'm struggling. And, and then, you know, you were so nice. And then we got back together. I definitely had the sense that I was taking the hard road. Like the good hard road or the bad hard road? I didn't know. Huh. I didn't know at that point. Things had just always unfolded naturally for me. And, and then I just felt like, okay, well, relationships aren't easy. And I mean, the relationships that I had been in up until that point had been extreme on, you know, passion and sex, but no about... communication, <laughs> yeah. like no ability to, like, how are we to get navigating a relationship? And so I felt like it swung the pendulum a little bit the other way. And I felt like, well, that's, this is the right kind of relationship. This is the right kind. Because we're like processing. Processing, which I'd never learned uh, obviously with my parents. So it was very meaningful to me that I was, you were opening up that world for me of how to even talk and process and own my feelings. I think that I abandoned my intuition because I felt like, well, had that really served me, you know, I've been following my intuition my whole life. But if I really want to have commitment, um, and grow as a person and have a, a marriage. I don't know what marriage is, you know, but it seemed like it was um, supposed to be work. But then I realized, you know, later that it's not supposed to be that hard. That hard, exactly. <laughs> there is a, that's taking the work component a little too far. Yeah. And one of the things that helped me make sense of it after the fact, because I feel like that's in a way maybe what we both did separately is how the fuck did this happen yeah how did we fall in love how did we get married mm -hmm. and what how did we get divorced mm -hmm. one of the things i look at is how we fell in love a couple things one is um san francisco yeah yeah <laughs> i moved to be with you that in san awesome. francisco mm -hmm. and we lived there for only like nine months and that goddamn city is magical. Yeah, all those and, back stairways. Oh, God, we fell in love in that down, city. Walking having amazing dinners. Yes. And, yeah, it's just true. a magical it's city. True. And even now when I go back there, it's like our memories together and that feeling of being in love like mm. comes over me. That's interesting. And then the yeah. second thing is location as well. And that you and I met on the Knowles course, right. National so Outdoor Leadership of. School. It was a yeah. three week, 24 the days. Outdoor educator course. Yep. And we were in Wyoming in yep. the Absarokas. It was a month. Three weeks in the backpack and then a week in the climbing. And there is something magical and powerful yep. about camping night after night mm -hmm. and hiking and backpacking. And we were tent mates. I but remember the meteor shower. You do? Oh, yes, on a rock yeah. looking out. Yeah, I remember sitting there with you. I remember you explaining about the difference between U valleys and V valleys <laughs> and glacial. And I'm like, I was a geology teacher at the yeah. time. I think I got confused a little bit between mm -hmm. falling in love with you yeah. versus falling in love with the outdoors. Oh, interesting. And I conflated those two and ended huh. up, you know, associating uh -huh all of my feelings for the outdoors mm -hmm. and I sort of transferred them to you. Yeah. I just remember you were just an observer of me, even on that trip. And I'd never had that experience where... Stalker? <laughs> <laughs> no. I remember after we had the, our lesson, the climbing, the first climbing lesson. And afterwards, you just say, I was watching you and you were just taking notes the whole time and <laughs> so serious. And yeah. I was like, wow, somebody's yeah. noticing kind of 
the way I am, which I hadn't Had thought of. I think that's another thing I loved about that I was really enamored of in our relationship was you honored me in a lot of ways. You uh, really saw me. I mean, that was the positive hmm. side of the therapist Thank you side for of that. you. Thank yeah. You. Oh my God, I'd never felt so seen. Yes, this is my first wife, Carol, and we are discussing what we learned from our first marriage together. What did we do wrong? I remember yelling as loud as I could in a frustrating moment between the two of us and someone walking down the alley and literally like stopping a woman and going, uh oh, some do woman I need to is intervene? Saying, do I need to intervene? And I remember thinking like, holy shit, yeah. what the fuck is going on between us? Yeah. And look at this anger inside of me. Yeah. I mean, it was a part of me that I had never seen before. What our marriage did for us is introduce me to all of me. Mm-hmm. Not just this part I wanted to be me. Yep. The, but the this, curated self. Yes, yeah. the curated self, exactly. Mm-hmm. That I could be a fucking asshole sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had a temper. Mm-hmm. And I was actually kind of judgmental and critical. Yeah. And it was surprising and mm-hmm. fucking humbling. Yeah. Well, I happened to overlap with that period of your life where you were transitioning into going to the MSW program at Ann Arbor. So yeah. you'd, you were fulfilling this kind of deep... Um, pull passion that was for relationships for just growth. emergent, you know, yeah. from being a teacher. Yeah. But then, um, you know, and then trying to pursue what had become your calling to be a counselor and a therapist. And I think only I couldn't. I think the, lo- you. <laughs> the lines were definitely blurred, and I think yeah. you had a hard time drawing a, a line between you know your professional world and your personal relationship. I know when we went into therapy, I remember feeling like it was two on one. You know that you both just had all of the right questions and the way to frame things, and 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 I'm just like flailing around trying to figure out what I'm doing. I, mean, I had never been in therapy before, so that I didn't really know what time? it was. Right. Wow. That was the other reason why I abandoned my intuition, because I was like, well, this is a higher way of being. This is a, uh, a better way of learning and processing. Bullshit, right? right. You we can wanna... never abandon your intuition. Yeah. Um, and if you had listened to your intuition, what would you have done? Well, I just would have tried to honor the anxiety I was feeling and the, this sense of, like, no. Uh, this is one moment that stands out. There were a couple of moments during the engagement. We're planning this wedding. We're all these amazing details, but I would just break down. I remember just sobbing in that little living room we had and just really breaking down and crying. And it was like an hour. And you went into therapist mode. I did. Yes. And I remember the exact just like, wrong response, what is so. wrong with me? I was like, uh, oh, because you would listen. And then you was like, you. I remember you said, 
well, it sounds like you're going through a hard time. <laughs> and I was just like. In that like therapy voice. Yeah. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, it really felt like I was having a problem. Yeah. Like, I was struggling. What did I need to do? you were reflecting what was going on. Right. That we, and it wasn't until years later, I, it struck me one day. I was like, nope. I wasn't having a problem. We were having a problem. But I remember our honeymoon, as grand as it was, we talked about divorce. On our honeymoon. Several times. Yeah. We spent a couple of days apart. On we were our fighting honeymoon. so badly at breakfast, we'd be like, see you later. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. See you at dinner, you In know. Kat and we do. I remember uh, spending Katmandu days apart. In England, in uh, the Lake District. Oh, I right. went off and watched the sheepdog trials. It was one of the best days of honeymoon. <laughs> I had I had a, a beer and a bratwurst and was watching the sheepdog trials uh, on the side of the road. Oh. We had put so much on our so much so many expectations on our relationship mm -hmm. that we weren't willing to let that dream go. The reality yeah. we were gonna keep pushing to the side. And it was toxic, I, though. Like it was introducing toxic. that potential on our honeymoon Is, was totally undermining. I think. Well, I don't think we introduced it. It was there. It was there. I tell people that I, <laughs> I just married the wrong person, and I right. never forget thinking, Carol's gonna find someone better for her. Right. And I had the I'm same gonna feeling. find someone better for me. And it was like, oh, yeah. okay. That, and, oh, that's why you, she's not yeah. fucked up. I'm not fucked right. up. It's just the wrong match. Just the match. wrong match. We had a different sense, I think, of what we were doing in the relationship. I think, I mean, I'm process oriented, but in a different way, I think. Yeah. Like, I feel this deep need to be understood. And she used know, to say, come on. just listen to my right. words. <laughs> Just listen <laughs> to my words. Oh, God. I and still, I'd be like, I'm listening, that. Oh. but I'm experiencing them another way. Right, like right. And intent I, versus right. impact. I guess. But I remember at one, another conversation we had, and I, and I said, I was like, Andy, I feel like, you know, I'm over here, you're over here. And I have thought throughout our relationship that we're both trying to move towards the center and create some mutual Space. way of understanding things, yeah. understanding each other and, and operating and communicating. I said, you act like you have the corner on the market on how to communicate. You're like, no, I know I have the corner on the market on how to communicate. <laughs> so it felt like my way of doing it was just wrong. And yeah, and I that was one of the things for me that allowed me to let it go. I was like, okay, well, I we're not moving towards some middle ground. So I can just let this go because yeah. I'm it's not going to work. I'm just curious about regrets. I have a little <laughs> bit of regret around not disclosing earlier that that was as important to me as it was. I think mm -hmm. I I played the nice guy and the, oh, okay. all this stuff. And I am, I am that guy. But what I'm also is that I have real strong opinions about what connection looks like. Mm -hmm. And I didn't put that up front as much yeah. as I should have. Do you have any yeah. regrets? Sometimes I think, well, I wish that we had just called it off. Like, not dragged everybody through this process. But I don't know. It happened for a reason. I don't know. You have a daughter, and I have two kids. What do you tell your daughter about your first marriage? Well, I haven't. She's seven, so I haven't ever told her that. Oh, you haven't told her? No. Someday, someday, I've thought, you know, I'll sit down when she's a little older. and I'll just... I have an envelope of photos of, like, uh, that beautiful wedding album that we had. 
I totally don't regret getting married. And in yeah. fact, at one point someone said, oh, Andy, don't worry. That's a starter marriage. Right. I and I remember feeling like, oh, I'm learning like a starter home. Right. It's good. Right. But as I walked out of the house this morning, my 11-year-old said, have a good interview with Carol. <laughs> they not only know yeah. that I was married, right. but they know your name. Right. Yeah. And uh, my favorite story is about three years ago, I take my kids to a playground and Mackenzie comes back, my seven-year-old daughter at the time, and says, Dad, I found a new friend. And up comes this cute as a button <laughs> redhead. Yeah. And she said, her name's Mally. And I'm like, I think I kind of know that name. Yeah. And then around the corner, you come. Yeah. And I'm like, Carol, are you kidding me? <laughs> so cool. And the fact that our daughters found each other for yeah. me is just beautiful. It is beautiful. So, so we have a mutual friend, yeah. Brooke, who right. we became, she went to grad school with me. Yeah. And then we were a, all in the same group of friends in Ann Arbor, indoor soccer in team and sort of keg party. Is it worth revealing um, that after we broke up, yeah. she was my first girlfriend? Right. I'm still good friends with her. Yeah. We had, so we had decided to separate and I was going to spend the summer in Mexico and Guatemala. And so... I, when I left, that was the mark, the time that we just decided for the, from then on we would be separated. But I wasn't going to move out until I came back in oh, right. August, right? right? And so before I left for Central America, I remember you were in the shower downstairs and I was in the kitchen and we were just yelling, having this conversation while you're in the shower. And you're like, well, who should I ask out, ask out first, you know? <laughs> And we came up with these four options, and Brooke was one of them. And we just, I was like, I don't know, I think this one, or maybe really, that one. yeah. God, like, I do not remember that. Yeah, it just seemed that's so just like a normal conversation. So mature of us. It was. It felt. It felt kind of healthy. It was like, okay, let's just be honest and rational about this. And uh, so it wasn't surprising that you and Brooke. By by the time I got home, the end of, in August. Um, you guys were seeing each other mm. and she was going to come visit at the end of August. And so I'm, when I moved out, my computer and my cat were still at your house uh. and I rented a place, um, and like a room and a house. And then, so I was still going back and forth and I picked up a job, cocktail waitressing, and I was starting my PhD program. I think you dealt with the divorce in part by like traveling and getting out and stuff. Yeah, and, that sounds like me. Let yeah. me hit the road. Um, you know, you're dating somebody like Brooke. It helped legitimize that I wasn't crazy. If she could fall in love with you, then I wasn't totally out of my oh, mind. that's good. Yeah. Um, and anyway, now we're all still friends, which is funny. But at that time, my world was sort of turned upside down. I was cocktail waitressing. I was in the PhD program. I was TAing in anthropology for the first time. And I started dating this musician. Oh, and I got a tattoo when I was in Mexico on our anniversary, what would have been our third anniversary, but we had just split up. 
And that morning, I just walked down the street and I got a tattoo, which I'd been wanting for a while. And I remember I came back that summer when I was moving out. I was packing up my stuff and you were sitting there talking to me. And I leaned over and you saw my tattoo on my right. back. And you were just like, you have, a, you have a tattoo. You're working in a bar. You're dating a musician. Who are you? <laughs> and I was uh, like, you know what? This is who I am. Yeah. And that was very uh, healing for me. Do you remember anything like asshole I did? Like, what was the worst thing I did in our relationship? <laughs> I don't think I want to say. Okay, don't say it. Thank you. Is it that bad? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carol. Yeah, thanks, Andy. As I reflect on my first marriage and on that conversation with Carol, I hear how young we were and how much we didn't know who we were and what we wanted. And so we put a lot of uh, that onto society and so took in society's version of what we should do and that seemed to be the right thing to do is get married at the time. I'm certainly grateful that we were able to write the sinking ship to exit the relationship in a way that didn't leave any lasting damage. Certainly there was a lot of pain, but to have that healing conversation uh, that afternoon many months ago with Carol just brought nothing but joy to me as um, I learn and grow and be transparent and share all of my life. I'm grateful to Carol, who certainly now is a part of a loving marriage and a beautiful daughter. And I'm grateful for my own marriage and my awesome kids, Campbell and Mackenzie. Again, thanks to Carol for bravely opening up about our first marriage. I'm grateful for her willingness to sit down with me and record that conversation. For additional information for resources on this episode, find our show notes at elephanttalk.org. Elephant Talk is produced by Kim Paletti. Our theme music is by Rob Berger. Audio production assistance provided by Leslie Gaston-Bird and Josh Kern. Please review the show notes in iTunes. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Andy Horning. This is real love. This is Elephant Talk. <laughs>